This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Listen, I'm the head coach, so I'm responsible for the way we start and getting our team prepared. So that starts with me. The second thing is I'm not a babysitter. These guys are men, they're professionals, and they're paid to show up, ready to go to work. My job is to, is to make that happen. The third thing on that would be you cannot play this game without passion, without emotion. You cannot play this game on your toes. And I hate when we're on our toes. So it's not right when we're on our toes, on our heels. I mean, on our heels. Head coach Rick Bonus after the game yesterday afternoon, Jets 5 over uh, the Ducks 2. Um, Going to be a busy week, busy schedule coming up for the Winnipeg Jets. The Florida Panthers here on Tuesday, which of course would be tomorrow. You know what that means, Jim Toth. That means uh, Paul Maurice is going to be in town, and it's going to be another big game for the Winnipeg Jets as they try to find what is it that they're looking for, Jim? Because because this this might be a show of wild speculation, unsubstantiated assumptions, which is what we like to do here. That's basically our entire jobs. Um, <laughs> Because I have no idea how to approach this. And, yeah, it was a win. The Jets need to have two points. But I'm not on the rooftops waving the flag on this one, Jim. I, I, I'm starting to see a trend, and it's not a good trend for the Winnipeg Jets. And, it's it's yeah, it's good to pick up wins. They add up over the course of an entire season. They do, and they're needed, and you need to win games like that. And, yeah, it's great that the Winnipeg Jets were down 2 nothing. They found their game 25 minutes into it and were able to take things over and dominate for the rest of that and, and find a way to win. But, Jim, to me it felt like they were digging themselves out of a hole all the way up until the fact where Morgan Barron scored that goal and then Shifley scores you know, 49 seconds or 50 seconds, whatever it was, later – to really put the game away, and, and the Winnipeg Jets then at that point are like, okay, we, we they have this, they have this one in the bag, but it took them another thirty minutes after that brutal first twenty-five, Jim, for themselves for them to be able to dig themselves out of that hole that they built themselves in, and I I, I don't know why the team is starting slow. I, I, it must be a psychological thing. You know that the guys are saying the right things in the locker room. The players are not going out there and saying, oh, we're just going to let's take a nap for the first 20 minutes. and Then we're going to find our game, you know, midway through the second period. And then we'll start to play. The coaching staff is certainly not coaching that. So where, where are we? Why are we at this point where the Winnipeg Jets are taking such a long time uh, to define their game, to find their rhythm? And, and you knew the Ducks... Uh, we're going to come out. They're coming off the back-to-back. They played late last night into a shootout the night before in Minnesota. They come here for an afternoon game. It's a tight turnaround for them. I was expecting for a push, but they were going to fade over the course of that game. And that that's pretty much what happened there. But the Jets, also to give them credit, they took that game over there. But the question is, Jim, why is this happening? Why is this happening, Jim? Well, good afternoon, <laughs> yeah, everybody, our listeners. Yeah, no, sorry look, it took so I long get, to get you there. No, but. no, you represent some frustration here. Yeah. And I totally understand that, and I, I get that. I, I think that a, a lot of fans are wondering this. But, um, like, I always look at – you're right about everything you said. It's not acceptable. And um, I love what Rick Bonus said there. Like he said, this it's on me to get them prepared. I Look, I was on the post game. I said this before, and mm-hmm. I, I said it again when I joined the start this morning. But 
he's right when it's a coach's job to prepare them. It's a coach's job to, you know, this is who we're facing. This is what we want to do. This didn't go well on Friday. These are the things we want to correct. We have a game tonight against these people. These people score in transition, much like Columbus. This is what we're going to do. Play this system, get in this fashion. And along those lines, there comes a, hey, fellas, let's get a win here. and Let's get going right from the goal. And how are we feeling today? It's a two o'clock start. How are you doing? Let's go. That kind of thing. But the other part I've always hearkened on is go to any eight-year-old, seven-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old hockey game and tell me those guys aren't ready to go. Tell me those guys aren't pumped or, mm-hmm. you know, excited. Um, there's ready to go and then there's ready to go. And that means skates are ready. Let's go. The puck's going. But then there's that added what he said about passion and emotion. And this is what I always say about throw all the analytics at me you want. I will look at them and use them as a tool. But this is a game of emotion. That's why no team can play a full 60 minutes. That's why there are momentum swings in this game. That whether That's why really good players have four turnovers in a period sometimes. But along those lines, I think it's on the players. I, 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 I was surprised at the way they started yesterday against Anaheim. I was absolutely shocked how the second period started. Because the second period carried over from the first, mm-hmm. and then about the nine, ten minute mark of the second period is when they got to where they they were moving and going and things. So, I I, I think it's a question. I, I think it's something to bring up, but I I put it on the players. I'm like, you know, but but that's what's happening, right? When you mention the psychology of it, and Rick Bonus mentions the the emotion of it is, you had a dud against Columbus. And you couldn't get going, say, for maybe a five-minute span. And you know you did. So you come in, you do all the right things, and you get ready and you come out. But in the back of your mind, here's Anaheim. That's what's going on. It's like, here's Anaheim. It's not like this is Colorado and we need to get on them in the first three minutes. It's easy It's easy to get up for a game against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. And, and so that's what he means about professional hockey players. Like, you have to be disciplined enough and, and ingrained in yourself and whatever you do, because every player is different, to get like you do out of the gate against the Colorado, to do it against the Anaheims on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's like Jim. It's not yeah. on the coach to find some secret thing every two minutes. It's on you as a professional to go, what did I do against Colorado? What did I do against Chicago? What did I do against to go, okay, Sunday afternoon? had a late dinner last night, whatever, whatever the situation is to go. Or, Cam, even more so, after your first shift and you're now six minutes in and it's 0-0 to go, I got to make sure that this one's better than that one. That's on the player. Yeah, it's on the players, 100%. And, you know, the the, the thing is here is that, and and, and it's just like that, Jim, there's still some habits from last year, and we're going to keep talking about last year, but it's true. There's still some of those habits that are still ingrained in this team. It hasn't been beaten out of them 21 games into the season. There's still things that are lingering from last year. Um, you know, the slow starts, that was something that they dealt with last year. And it's that's the big thing that's really, really carried over here. 
But I think that you, to give the Jets some credit and some props, they're able to find ways to find their game again. They get amped up. They're playing for Rick. Of course they are. I mean, he got him. He got their butts going uh, after that first intermission there. Again, just like you said, it took them. They were slow that first five minutes, but eventually Sacramento Lions goal. And then all of a sudden, they it woke them up. It woke the Jets up, and they were ready to go. But I said to myself this after that first period, and to, just to talk about the game against Columbus, I'm I'm willing to accept a game like that once a month where you can play a team that's much lower than you in the standings a bottom dweller and you're going to you're not going to win every single every single game they've beaten all the other teams and picked up points in all the other games that you had circled around and Ken Weeb in the pregame show yesterday you had circled uh, you had circled around as, as games that you already won well they didn't win that one against Columbus that's going to happen against an NHL team i'm willing to accept that and so after that first period and you saw where it was they were down one nothing against the jets everybody was watching everybody knows what was going on I said, if they end the second period the same way that they ended the first period, this isn't good. This is not a good stretch of games. Not, not to say that the Jets are going to find their game again and have success, but this is not a good. This is not a good thing if they end this second period just like they ended the first period against the Ducks just yesterday. But they had the best shift all game in that last minute and a half of that second period, where Josh Morrissey just took the game over. He was skating around like crazy. And they were just they were flying. And I went, okay, they're going to be okay. The situation is going to be okay. They got to figure out how to get going on time. Maybe maybe that these two games, Jim, are going to be that catalyst where the Jets go, listen, we, we can't do this anymore. You know, we got away with it from the Ducks. We've gotten away with it so far this year. But, but Jim, you have to think that eventually it's going to start adding up. It's going to start adding up. Yeah, well, look, I, as I said, I... It's an issue. I, I'm not raising the red flags. I'm not going, you know, nuts or anything. I hope I don't sound like I am. Do I sound like I am? No, I don't think you are either. I'm just saying, like, a lot of fans are with you. Like, a lot of fans are going, this is stuff we've seen before. This is, yeah. look, we're going to keep doing this when we see familiar things. It's the old, I've been scorned once or twice. So the minute something resembles something, people go back to a dark place. It's just the way it is. And I get that that's what happens with this Jets team. I can't overemphasize this enough. In years past when this would happen, they would have lost that game yesterday. And I'm not trying to be the rosy colored glasses and ask the whole way. And when he, when, when Stolitz finally thought that, you know, he might be looking me off and going to fire this, that's when he passed it. And that's when Barron scored the goal. Sorry, not Metaline and Barron's. Mm-hmm. And so it, what they need to do is remind themselves, and that's what Rick Bonus is doing is, you know, I think that you, you can win games with your skill, but you're not going to win all of them. And you need to work night in, night out. The old adage is every line has its role, but they all have to play the same. And, and so that's what they got to get back to. So that's why tomorrow night against a very good Florida Panther team is going to be interesting because – I highly doubt they come out like they did the past two nights because, again, in the back of their mind, and that's what Rick says, I'm not a babysitter. You have to be ready for Anaheim and Columbus the same way you are for a road game in Chicago, for a game in Dallas, and, you know, against against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Now, Paul Maurice and the Panthers are going to be in town tomorrow. Uh, prior to the last two games, the Panthers uh, were 1-3-3. Three, and three. They were struggling a bit. And then the last two games that they played, back-to-back wins, uh, one against Vancouver, the other against Seattle, both 5-1 wins. So they seem to have uh, seem to have found their game again. It was, 
Kim, yeah, go ahead. Real, 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 it was, real quick. It was real a little Jim. ironic that Dallas is hosting the same team Anaheim played in the same scenario. They have to go on the road, Minnesota, and they go down five one into the third, and then they force overtime. Oh yeah, like it. It does happen, but I, I get the concern around this team because you've seen it a little too often. But it is going to happen. The key is, is that's it. Like after two games on the weekend, you better not let it happen again. Yeah, on the road to this team being a better hockey team is their starts. They got to get better on the starts. It just it that yeah. is. There's no time to re- wave the red flag here. The Winnipeg Jets are a good hockey team. They're going to figure it out here. But it's 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 an area of concern. One of but not it's not as a biggest concern. You know, if they were losing and not starting, what this would be a b- lot bigger of a conversation. Anyways, you can download the Jets at Noon podcast on Apple and Spotify. I'll be popping that on my Twitter. You can follow me uh, on Cam at Noon. Coming up next, Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet host and reporter. What does he think? What is his opinion? Why are the Winnipeg Jets so slow to get started? And hey, I want to ask this question too, and I'm going to ask you the same question, Jim. And I, if you were listening to the post game show, you already got it. Mikey Asimov has his best game as a Winnipeg Jet. Gets moved up to play with KC and PLD yesterday. He was stellar. Well, I know who he reminds you of, Jim, but wait around. You're going to repeat it for everybody. I, I got a guy who I think he reminds me of, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that, and we'll ask that same question of Sean Reynolds. And your text messages as well, 204-780-6868. This texter says, millions of people are ready to work every day. That they, they don't make millions. No excuses. They should all be benched. Totally stupid. Well, if you bench everybody, there's not going to be anybody to play against the I'll Florida Panthers. That. Come I'll on. Argue. Many Millions of people go to work every day, and the same millions aren't ready. There's some they're in this building there. right they're now, just Jim. There. There's some in this well, building right now. I didn't now. want to say anything. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Oh, it's a good feeling. Um, just... You know, keep paying my dues and just trying to do the right things every day, every game, and um, to get rewarded a little bit. Just, uh, you know, it's nice, but you just got to keep doing it, doing the same things. That was uh, Mikey Asimon after the game yesterday. It didn't take long for him to get moved up to play with Casey. Uh, PLD, disruptive, chaotic, causing havoc. Uh, He was out there mixing it up, and I think that's why his game last night was so successful. And, you know, why he's picked his first star of the game last night, Tether Jim Toth. Yeah, he has been what I think Rick Bonus is looking for when it comes to energy starts. I was saying on the postgame, Cam, there was a shift with about four minutes left. I think it was four or five, two. Um, and, and they sort of gained the neutral zone and got to the blue line. And I think it was Lowry or somebody dumped it in and they all started heading off and AC Mont came off the bench and it's the long change. So he wasn't across center ice yet. And he was on the defenseman who went and got the puck on the dump in and made a play, like took the puck off him. This guy with four minutes to go in a four, two game, it just was everywhere. Like he's just yeah. the spark plug that just totally. flies and, and never takes a shift off. He's had some poor shifts, but it hasn't been energy wise. No, absolutely not. And, you know, and, and I, I know the, the person that you, he said that you were, well, during the post game yesterday, you were saying Matthew Perot reminds you a little bit of Matthew Perot. Uh, I'm going to say Brandon Tanev. I mean, he's, he's like, what did they call him? Rusty? Wasn't that his nickname when he was here? I don't know if it's Tasmanian a Tasmanian devil as well. Tasmanian devil, started. Rusty, when he was with, uh, 
I don't know if they if that's carried over to him uh, when he went to the Penguins, and now of course he's with Seattle and one of the fan favorites there. And, uh, and Darren Bombing mentioned Perot. I want to give him credit on the post game. That wasn't my sort of, but I agreed with it. I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, kind of some Peronis in his game, uh, oh, flying all over. Oh, sorry for misquoting you there. I don't want to put words in your mouth there, Jim Toe. Well, I just don't want to take somebody else's credit for making oh, that comparison. Yeah, okay. Well, well, I'm sorry that I did that. I for agreed you. with it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet host and reporter, joins the program here. Uh, Sean, how you doing, man? How you, how are things? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing Excellent. good. Excellent. who does he remind you of? Uh, I, you know what? I, I don't want to get too far ahead with that. I think both those comparisons for both those players is a little steep from what I've seen from him okay. so far. I don't, Fair think enough. He's, uh, I don't think he's at the stage of either of those two players. But let's get it straight here. He's only been up here for a little bit, so he's just cutting his teeth. The more and more comfortable he gets, maybe I'll, I'll see that he's approaching those levels. Um, but, I, I mean, I think what Mikey Asamont did the other night is just kind of another extension of what, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the other players on this team have done Morgan Barron, actually Jansen Fialbi, Saku Manalainen. I mean, the way that this hole that's left behind by Nick Ehlers in the top six has kind of created internal competition on the team and an opportunity for guys like Mikey A. Simons or Sacramento Line to play in a spot that they would never really play, mm-hmm. I think has been a real boon for this team because, you know, what you saw from Mikey A. Simons yesterday, and you heard him talk about it in the clip that you played, you know, you get an opportunity and it's a reward. And so you go out and you play your butt off because you're being rewarded. And you could just, get, like he said, you just got to keep doing this. So I think. Uh, Rick Bonus has a lot of these guys absolutely bought in at the potential for getting into that spot, showing what they can do, uh, and making sure they just keep at the very top of their game uh, and and being ready should the call come to go hop into that spot. Yeah, I'll ask you that same question there. Three fourths of the season, okay? I'll remember that one, and I'll see. I'll see what you have to say <laughs> that because you might be the one way smarter than me. Um, okay. Um, I also wanted to ask you about this. This is something we were talking about in a little bit. Um, you know, obviously the team struggling to sort of uh, pin the tail on the donkey here about these slow starts. I mean, what's your viewpoint on that, Sean? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if I, if I knew... <laughs> I'm throwing doozies knew, at you. I'm throwing doozies well, at you, Sean. You're, ta- you're talking about a problem that Mar- Paul Maurice was never able to solve before he headed out of town. Now a problem that the new coaching staff is is struggling with, right? I, I, I do think that there is, um, especially in games against teams that are, you know, lower level competition, like the Ducks no doubt were, and like the Columbus Blue Jackets no doubt were, I do think that there's an element of taking those teams lightly and feeling no, that there is not a need to jump out to a hot start in games like that. You, you, myself, and Jim talked about this the last time I was on, and we were talking about the Jets earlier in the year and those games that they played against like the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes, where they, they didn't look very good, where they were the second best team in those games and yet kept finding a way to win. And I said on your program back then, I said, it's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing. And I think it's been a bad thing for this team for a number of years. The Jets laid an egg in the first period yesterday. That was terrible, a terrible performance against the last place team in the league who is coming off of playing the night before against a very hard to play against Minnesota Wild team. That was a terrible performance, but in the end, 
They get by with their skill and they get rewarded for that. And that happens far too often with this team. And I just think they lack a sense of urgency because they know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but they went down to nothing. And I thought they're going to win this game. We all know they're going to win this game. Yeah, I felt that. But I felt I, that. Yeah. I, I just don't like, I just don't like the idea that a team goes out and gets caved in by the worst team of the league. You know, 17 to 7, the shots, 2 nothing. the goals should have been 3 nothing if not for that phenomenal save by Connor Hellebuck. And then wants to walk around and tell the rest of the league, yeah, we're one of the best teams in the league. I, I've seen the power rankings come out, and I've seen how miffed Jets fans get because they think that the Jets are being disrespected. But in this case, well, how much of a deal would you make out of a team that is playing the way it did against Columbus and then the way they did against the Ducks last night. This is this is a problem, I think. I think it's been a problem for the Winnipeg Jets for years, and I think Rick Bonus acknowledged that in the postgame. Is that the microwave? What's ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm making Christmas <laughs> cookies right now. Uh, yes, the, the oven is ready. Cookies for everybody. I got to be honest, Reynolds. The minute I saw yesterday at the game, I go, this guy's going to make some Christmas cookies this week. I can just tell. <laughs> um, along those lines, Sean, what I want to ask you uh, about is like the starts and everything else. And I'm with you on everything you just said. Um, and I, I don't, I appreciate what Rick bonus was saying yesterday as a head coach and get them ready. And Paul Maurice used to say that too. And I'm sure every coach has at one point, but it comes down to the athlete in my opinion, and nobody's going to fire on all cylinders all the time, but it is ominous. So the way they won that game, in my opinion, was a lot of skill. And, and so I think that this is maybe one of Rick bonuses biggest tasks with this core is to not rely on your skill and to get that work ethic. And and as he said, at one point this year, every line has its role, but they all have to play the same. Is that the toughest task for bonus uh, with this crew in your mind? In my mind, Jim, it is the task. It is the reason why you hire a coach like Rick bonus to come in here, because to me, it's the problem that has plagued this Winnipeg Jets team for years. I, I, I think that, and people, I know people shake their shake their heads at me when I say this, when I say them winning a game like last night is a problem, because as a fan, it's so much fun, right? It's so much fun to see your team never be out of a game, to fall down and kind of, you know, sit there and play the rabbit and the hare and watch the little guy get out ahead of you and then just go snap victory away from him. You know, it, it's fun to watch that as a fan, but I think it's this kind of, attitude it's this kind of hockey it's this kind of inability to stay sharp and on top of your game all the time that is or as much as you possibly can that has cost the Winnipeg Jets in years past I mean I don't know about you guys but I've always thought the Jets ever since 2018 have been an underwhelming team they've been a team that have achieved far less than I believe that they were capable of and I think that this kind of attitude is one of the problems so Jim, to answer that question, I, I, I think for Rick Bonus, this is the this is the task that he needs to solve. It's been the unsolvable problem here in Winnipeg for a long time. If he can do it, it's going to be really exciting to see what the Jets can do in the postseason this year. What do you think about this sort of, and I, I know that this bottom six here, Sean, has been sort of reworked based on injuries, but there's a lot of new faces in there and guys that have also found their way back up. What they did last night was they came in and they brought energy and, and passion. It was just like what Rick Bonus was saying. Of course, he had a great quote, and we played it already on the show. Um, I played it all through the morning here on the on the sports runs as well. But 
how much like that's sort of the role that these fourth liners and these third liners have to play. If the sixth, if this, if the if the top six guys are going to go out there and use too much skill in situations where maybe skill isn't needed, and there needs to be a lot more structure there in a game like what was going on last night. I mean, how much is it on the the the, the bottom six to keep rolling with this and keep this going here and say like, listen, if you guys aren't going to like, there's a reason why Rick Bonus started the third line and he's consecutively started them in overtimes. He started them on uh, as, as the opening roster. Like he's coming in there and he wants those guys to come and bring energy. And you're, you, Sean, I have to agree with you. It, it, it's it's something that that the Winnipeg Jets need to figure out yet. How do we get going with energy? They can't just rely on the bottom six guys to go out there and be the guys that are injecting some passion into them. It, it just There just needs to be a little bit more, you know what I mean? And the team has done well. I mean, they're they're right up there in points percentage. I think they're fifth in the league in terms of points percentage right now. You know, they're two points behind the Dallas Stars for first place in the Central. They got two, two games in hands on Dallas. It's not like that this is a nightmare scenario here, but it's stuff that the Jets have to clean up. Oh, no. I mean, to, to me, this is what good teams need to be concerned with, right? Like, everyone's yeah. looking and saying, you know, hey, they're right up there in points. They could potentially, hey, they win their two games in hand. They're first in the Central Division. What is everybody worrying about? But Rick Bonus, he, he drops little clues about this all the time. The goal isn't to be, you know, first place in the Central Division in early December. The goal is to become as good of a team as you possibly can by the time the playoffs roll around, all these teams around them, all these really good teams are going to get better. They're going to get better. And that's what the Jets, that's their task is they need to get better than what they're doing in these situations. And you were talking about the bottom six and the energy. It's, it's one spot where I actually disagree with Jim uh, in that I don't think that the Jets skilled their way back into the game. And I think that last night, and I think that that's kind of been a difference in the Rick Bonus era comeback victories versus the Paul Maurice era comeback victories. In the Paul Maurice era, the top lines would go out, not put in a very good effort, and then start playing late in the second period and come and steal the game. But the bottom two lines would have had a seat on the bench and watched them the entire time, right? So the bottom six would be like, well, we're not getting to play tonight because the top six decided not to start playing till the end of the game, and now we need them to score the way back into the game. So we're just going to watch from the bench. Well, Rick Bonus didn't do that yesterday. Rick Bonus took a look and saw that his top six wasn't going that well and passed the bottom six with getting them back into that game. And that's what they did. It's Lowry and Sacramento Linen and, and uh, Nate Schmidt who combined for the first goal. It's one of their bottom two defensemen, Dylan Samberg, who scores the second one. And then it's Lowry who sets up Barron for the third one. It's not until garbage time or close to garbage time that the big skill guys step out on the ice and get their points. But I think it's good for the team that that's happening. The Jets have have won a lot of games this year that they maybe shouldn't have won, and they've done it because these unheralded players have been the ones to get them over the top. That's a good thing. I think what you need to see more and more, and I think we're kind of seeing it already, is that the head coach is going to start rewarding more and more ice time to the players that are going, i.e. the bottom six. And sooner or later, the top six are going to have to decide if they want their ice time back. And if they want it back, they're going to have to go take it with effort. Great point, actually, because I sit corrected about the the first two goals is what really got them back in that game. And then I was thinking of the Shifley goal where they floated in the zone and it's just a beautiful goal. And yeah, I've seen in the past... Yeah, I've seen in the past where they're like, "Well, we can do it this way," and and, and but but the work uh, to your point, Sean, had been done by then, um, is a great way to put it. Uh, we only have time for one more with you, my man. But what uh, you mentioned, Paul Maurice, what do you think the reception will be like having him back here? 
boy, um, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I, I think, you know, there was clearly a, a large chunk of the fan base that had been calling for Maurice to go long before he went. Um, uh, and there's also a large uh, a large percentage of the fan base who have watched this team go from like an outsider to their first playoffs in 2015, then rebuild and then come roaring back in 2017 and 18. I mean, the best uh, years of this Winnipeg Jets franchise since it has come back happened under Paul Maurice. Um, and while I, I'll be the first one to say, I think Rick Bonus has been required to come in and a lot of the stuff that he's dealing with is stuff that Paul Maurice did not deal with. He's, you know, and this would be the case where every time a coach is replaced, right? Regardless of how good a team is or how good a coach is, nobody's perfect. And so what happens is when a coach gets replaced, the next coach comes in and, and has to kind of clean up, you know, the, the errors uh, of the previous coach. But that said, this Winnipeg Jets team, I'll, I'll always say this, like Blake Wheeler was in his late 20s, when Paul Maurice came around and be, went from being at a time when most career careers are well-defined, a phenomenal, phenomenal player above what we had known him to be. And I give Paul Maurice credit for that. And Mark Scheifele kind of became everything that you could hope a player taken seventh overall in that year could have become. And Kyle Connor achieved the highest levels of what we could have expected from him, uh, you know, based on what his scouting report was individually the Jets are a massively skilled team and I think a huge part of that has to do with the way that they were brought along by Paul Maurice so any kind of success that the Jets have had and I do believe the success they will have going forward has a lot to do with the fact that uh, Paul Maurice kind of created them and got out of them what he thought he could get out of them uh, and, and that's something to be commended for. Sean Reynolds uh, Sportsnet host and reporter joining the show Sean uh, appreciate it. you take care okay Anytime, and, guys. And you can bring those cookies to the station at any point. I mean, no <laughs> rush, just in the next couple hours. Okay. I'll see if they're cool enough by then. <laughs> okay. Great. Awesome. All right. Let's Wait, take... what kind of cookies just to be? No, it doesn't know, matter. So they're I cookies. I'll eat any. Coffee oh, man. Or... It's, it's, it's lemon drop cookies. It's ginger sauce. Oh. It's sugar cookies. It's chocolate mm. thumbprint cookies. Guys, wow, jam that's... in the middle of some of these. I'm going crazy today. Holy moly. Milk or tea or coffee. That'll go with everything. Well done, sir. Thank you for your time. See you guys. Oh, now I want a cookie. You know, actually, there's no point in my life that I don't want a cookie, Jim. If any, at any point in my life, at any time, if somebody says, hey, Cam, you want a cookie, I'm never going to reject a cookie. I never have, and I never will. Ever. Ever? Never. I have never, ever said no to a cookie. Have you? If you do, Jim, I'm going to just cover, just be honest with me. Okay, this is a big, this is really, in in our working relationship here, this is big. Have you rejected a cookie when offered? Yes. All right, well, I'm out of here. Jim, you can take over the rest of the show. Uh, It's just 10 minutes left. Can you handle that? Didn't mean I didn't want it. Just meant that I have. Look, we've all made mistakes, Cam. (laughs) Hey, the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Florida Panthers. I forgive you, Jim, I do. Uh, Taking on the Florida Panthers, uh, pregame at 5, puck drop at 7 o'clock. If you missed part of the show, you check it out. We're going to be putting it on to the Jets at Noon podcast. Get that live uh, right after the show. Uh, Get your text messages on 204-780-6868. Stick around. Jets at Noon on 680-CJOB.
Uh, real quick, a couple text messages from you guys. Uh, this one from Chris. I'll be very disappointed if Maurice gets anything less than an enthusiastic applause. Regardless of how you feel about his record as a coach, you can't deny that he gave his all to the city and the organization. He deserves his thanks. Thanks for that uh, text message, Chris. 204-780-6868. This text as well. Uh, what happened to Cole Perfetti last night? I see he only had 12 minutes of ice time. Well, I, I, I just the, to me, I didn't think Cole Perfetti had a horrible game. Um, I just thought that um, Saku Manalainen and uh, Mikey Asimont played so well um, that they deserve more ice time. And there's only so much ice time to go around. Perfetti got pushed down the bench a little bit. That's all I saw there, Jim, and nothing nefarious. Yeah, I mean, Asimont went into the top six, um, and so did other players, and Manalainen, and rightfully so. They were playing better. Yeah, absolutely. doesn't mean he was playing horribly. It just means that these guys were bringing it on. Yeah, uh, just talking about cookies before, saying I've never, ever uh, rejected a cookie. Uh, Corey texts the show. He says, last year I got offered a brownie at a party. That's all I remember. Yeah, see, you should have rejected that, or maybe you should have <laughs> got another one. I don't know. That's uh, who you are, Corey. Hold on a second. I just got a text which is from my wife. Um, she says, I've seen you reject an oatmeal raisin cookie before. I was going to bring that up. I was going to be like, you ever had a carrot cookie? Come on. Okay, I've rejected oatmeal raisin, but that's way, a, that's a, a, that's a health show. food. That's a health Greg, food. That's Greg not Macklin a cookie. Greg and his carrot cake? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You don't have green bean cake. You uh, don't have onion. Like, come on. Have you ever had a conversation about to Greg Macklin about his, about his eating habits? Eat Him and carrots. Jeff Braun. Those guys, they eat. I'll tell you this. There's children uh, that are listening right now that eat better than those two. We'll be right. <laughs> I love you guys. We'll be. Hey. Florida Panthers, 5 o'clock pregame show. Puck drop, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Download the jam Jets Noon Pause. Get out of here with that. Ugh. No one's turning down a jam cookie. No, listen, no one, no one's ever going to turn that down. And just really quickly here, there's nothing almost more disappointing in, than biting into a cookie, thinking it's chocolate chip, and those are little those little raisins. I don't, I don't hate raisins, but no one in ever, ever – has taken the bite of a raisin cookie and not wished it was a chocolate chip. They're nature's candy. Tomorrow we're going to discuss bad cookies. <laughs> we got to go. That's it for me. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.